Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to break down some of the events uh, uh, over the last week. Of course, uh, we had the uh, big one versus two duel um, in Iowa City between uh, number one Penn State and uh, number two Iowa. Penn State came away with a 1913 uh, victory. Uh, Really uh, kind of pulled away in two of the last three weight classes to to get the win. But, um, you know, I, I tell you what, that was probably one of the most electric atmospheres I, I, I found myself in. Um, from, from start until I would say maybe 197, um, it, was, it was a nonstop buzz. Once, once Max Dean kind of secured the, the win for Penn State, it, it fell back a little bit. There were a couple uh, eruptions, you know, during Cassiope's match with uh, Kirk Blett. Um, but for the most part, uh, you know, from 125 to 197, there is a constant uh, buzz of electricity. It was a fun duel. Right. If you remember, I, I predicted – an a 16, a possible 16-16 dual meet. And Iowa was so close to, to winning at 141, at 184, uh, 74, and at 197. If they win any either of those three matches, two of them went to overtime and one they were leading with a minute left in the, in the match. And uh, they couldn't secure the win on either of those three. But if they do, it's a 16-16 tie. And now I'm wondering, you know, who would have won the probably the match points and I, it's not worth counting up, but what, what yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and even 133. that, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know the Santo won the first matchup between those two, but I think that was the probably best he's looked against Roman Bravo young. Uh, he really came out intense and aggressive. Uh, he, he wrestled about as quick as pace as he could. For the majority of that seven minutes, um, but but what does it say about Roman Bravo Young that DeSanto, who's taken down you know just about anybody, got in at least a half dozen times, maybe even more than that, and could not finish. He got in on good shots and was in good position, but Roman Bravo Young's defense um, to prevent any any takedowns like that, and then. You know, uh, he was he was pretty efficient. He nailed his one takedown, and um, and that was enough. And uh, he is just, you know, when you think you might have him, you don't. Well, well I'm going to say more like about 20 times he was in on it. I mean, he was a ton. You know, Roman Bravo Young has done his homework. He knows what uh, DeSanto's strengths are. You know, you've seen him wrestling before where he puts his arm behind his back and takes that. That, uh, that that arm tie away, you know, it's for his outside carrier or whatever you want to call it. And then, but with DeSanto, he, 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 you're right. He came out with all heart and had tons of shots and was coming in at, but, but everything was straight on and he had really no, no effective finish or even attempt at it, it seemed like. A lot of times he'd get in there and, and didn't turn the corner, stayed straight on or didn't get it lifted up and so forth. But again, that, you know, tribute that to uh, RBY's, Great defense, but if you know, here's something I learned by, by watching this meet. 
uh, last Friday was if you have great shot defense and you can score off of that, you're going to win because that's most of the matches in the entire meet were, were that way. Not all, but eight, maybe eight of them or whatever. More of the takedowns were defensive takedowns, at least the first takedown. Right. You know, uh, just to backtrack, just the overall couple things for overall uh, with the meet, there were no first period points scored to the first five matches which absolutely astonished me. And then when you, you know, Alex Marinelli was the first one to, to score in the first uh, period at 165. And then at 174 with Sirachi and, and Kemmerer, they went scoreless through the first period um, as well. So you had six out of 10 matches with no first period points between the top two teams in the country. What do you, well, what do you make it? What do you make of that? I did not realize that. I guess I hadn't really thought about it as it was going so wow that's incredible um <clears throat> i think that's that's two high power teams that respect each other and, and wrestlers uh in those first first uh, uh five weights and, and, and all the, through the lineup but uh that's incredible wow sheesh yeah and on the back side of that something that you know i, I think the uh prevailing thought when iowa wrestles somebody that i will usually wins the third period and that's where they maybe uh kind of break people down a little bit or, or their conditioning comes into play uh but this duel for the most part it was penn state that was either pulling away or taking uh a lead in the third period right they won the uh the two overtime matches they had uh Gus was in a takedown in the last, uh, which, which, oh, uh, well, Dean with his takedown and four-point turn in the last minute of the match. And, you know, uh, th this is going to sting a little bit maybe for some Iowa fans, but if you think back to the national finals last year, that same thing might have happened where Penn State kind of won at the end of the match uh, as well. So, Yeah, kind of deja vu, uh, 141 and 74. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Nick Lee versus Ironman, uh, Sirachi and Kemmerer, rematches of the NCAA championship bouts. The matches in St. Louis were decided in sudden victory. And again, both of them uh, went to overtime. Uh, uh, Lee with a takedown, uh, just kind of right out of the gate, uh, a counter to almost look like uh, almost a desperation uh, attempt by Ironman right off the whistle, which, uh, you know, didn't need to do. And Lee was ready for it and he got the takedown. And then, you know, Starachi with the ride out and tiebreakers uh, to beat Kemmer two to one. Right. And with Ironman, I have to, I have to credit him. He had a fabulous takedown right at the end of, you know, maybe 15 seconds or so 18 seconds, somewhere in that vicinity, and then had to work his fanny off just to, to ride and take it into overtime. And because of that, I think you could see it in his face and in his body language that he was gassed or, or tired, certainly tired. And I just think that in his mind, he goes, I'm going one shot here. And whereas I think if you step back and kind of let yourself and your, and your, your uh, body kind of catch up, if you, you, cause you got a two minute period, you know, a sudden victory period, instead of just doing that desperation shot, I, I, I'm with you. I think it was kind of desperation out of fatigue, but, uh, um, and so, at least we know what we need to do to fix it. 
And when he puts the gas on, he can take Lee down. We know that. We just saw that, you know, in the third period. And so, um, I, you know, if he if he gets himself into the best condition he's ever been, I think it will happen at Big Tens and Nationals. So. Uh, I thought Marinelli was very impressive uh, with his major over uh, a Bergie. Um, you know, this was uh, th this is probably more of the Marinelli that uh, people expect to see. I mean, he he did a great job just uh, being on his offense, Matt returns, uh, and doing it throughout the duration of the match uh, to get that major against the quality kid. Right. And I guess my take on it is I was disappointed at the first half of his match in terms of pace. But that's kind of Marinelli style, you know, wear him down, wear him down, wear him down. And then the second half of the match certainly did did that, what you're speaking of, that pace, and, and particularly that last takedown to get the get the major. So a uh, re really great effort there. But, you know, again, I'd like to see him scoring more often in the first half of the match. <laughs> but I'm greedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, then one of the matches, this was, this was, uh, it was kind of a shame because there are people heading for the exits. Uh, before this match, you know, uh, I know the, the duel was the dual score was pretty much decided at that point. Not, you know, whatever. But you missed the people that had their back to the mat walking to the concourse uh, missed a pretty pretty darn good performance from uh, Cassiope. And it's kind of interesting, um, you know, Kurt Vallette comes out and gets the first takedown right away, and then for some reason decides uh decides to go upper body with Cassiope and you know he kind of uh you know capitalized on those positions and got a couple of takedowns didn't get the near fall but was close um but but turned those into his own takedowns and Cassiope came away with a real quality win that's you know Kirk Vallette just beat Mason Paris right exactly and and uh you know I thought that might have been the most impressive win of the night, especially considering the deflation that the building was was going through, you know, and you're set. You're right. There wasn't a lot of energy left in the building. So, you know, that's why I think that might be been the most impressive. Um, and I'm not sure why Kriklovet did start going up her body and you know, he went to a bear hug and and tried, in, uh, I think, an inside leg trip. And I mean, you're doing that with a, with a known Greco wrestler. Um, you know, so, and freestyle, of course, but, you know, I'm like, that's probably not the most, the smartest strategy at this point in time. So, but especially, yeah. especially how his leg attack was so effective early on, you'd think you'd want to keep going to the well until it dried up, but maybe, um, maybe Cassiope kind of, uh, kind of forced him to go that way. I'm not sure, but boy, it kind of surprised me in uh, Cassiope capitalized on it that's for sure agreed yeah yeah you know i thought max mirin uh wrestled well at 149 but that was a match you know you expected him to win and come out on top um the the other thing that uh uh that is noteworthy obviously no drake ayala for for iowa um you know jesse Ibarra stepped in and, and was, was wrestling well until probably about the third and then you know, gave up uh, a late turn and and points there. Gave up the the major. Now, kind of, you know, there's the grapevine is is loud and 
and bustling right now, trying to figure out, okay, what's wrong with Ayala? Is it his shoulder? Is it his pectoral muscle? Is it something else? Is he done for the season? Is he going to be back? Um, you know, nothing has really been addressed other than Tom Brand saying when he's ready to go, he'll go. It'll be his decision. You know, we've talked, you know, which is kind of standard. But, you know, how bad does I would need Drake Ayala in that spot um, for the rest of the regular season? And then how crucial will he be come the postseason if they have any type of aspirations of a national title? Well, it, 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 it depends on a couple of things. First of all, if you're speaking of how bad do they need Ayala, how, is he going to be 100%? If he's 100%, they need him badly. If he's going to come back and only be 50%, then they don't need him. Because, you know, because he's not going to provide anything and it's going to put him in potential danger, maybe with, you know, hurting. I don't know what the injury is or whatever. And, uh, but, you know, so, you know, to get, just to get him back, if he's not going to be productive, it, it is, doesn't help him much, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, if we can get back 100%, absolutely, that, that's going to hurt him, I think, a little bit. It, you know, because that's some points I think, you know, He's good enough to be a top uh, a medalist, maybe. So uh, when he's when he's one hundred percent. So uh, you know, Iowa's first loss uh, snapped. Uh, I think it was maybe twenty eight straight duels that uh, that they won, um, and I think maybe twenty seven or somewhere in the twenties as far as uh, uh, in the Big Twelve as well now they have uh wisconsin coming to coming to town on on saturday um you know wisconsin's put together a pretty good season uh so far they're building it they've got it coming i don't think they're quite with iowa but it's it's definitely a a, uh, i mean the big big 10 you can't you know get any weekends off there i mean that's each duel is going to be competitive certainly at different you know weight classes for sure so um yeah, it's another fun meet to look forward to. Yeah, so Wisconsin's 9-1 overall. Uh, they're uh, 13th in uh, the uh, Win Institute uh, or Wrestling Institute News Magazine. Sorry, Wrestling Insider News Magazine. Uh, three times the charm there for me. Um, but uh, they've climbed up to 13th in, in the polls there, uh, thanks to Mike Finn uh, of Win Magazine for, for providing that for us. But, uh, yeah, you know, senior day, it's a big night, um, or afternoon, actually. It starts at 2.30, uh, which is kind of odd considering se- it's sectional weekend. Um, you know, you, you would like to have that maybe later in the evening so high schools and other fans can, uh, uh, can get there to attend or at least not take away from attendance for the high school meets. But, you know, you, you've got guys like Kemmerer. Marinelli, Murin, Ironman seniors that, uh, you know, um, this will be their last uh, time wrestling at Carver. Um, you know, and this has really been a, a special group of athletes that helped uh, Iowa get back on top. Right. It's a, it's a like you said, a, a large, impressive group. We're just mentioning the, the starters, but there's others on the team as well. Uh, is, is Young also a senior? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's quite a group. So, uh, 
yeah, it's, get down there and support those seniors. You know, and just one last thing too. I just want to double check. Uh, um, one of the seniors for Iowa, and you'll have somebody like this uh, occasionally over the years, somebody that could have gone to another program and, you know, been a starter, maybe even, you know, excelled somewhere else. But, you know, Aaron Castello came here, uh, was behind Sam Stoll, uh, and then Tony Cassiope. Um, you know, he's had, you know, uh, good results where he's gone to uh, open uh, tournaments. You know, last year, two years ago, he was 18-4. and four. Um you know, he's somebody, he's one of those guys, a program guy that every program needs. And boy, you talk about dedication and sticking it out for, for four years. He could have gone somewhere else, uh, you know, to wrestle or be a starter. Um, but, you know, he's, uh, he's one of those guys that bought into the program and another senior that uh, may not have gotten the headlines over the years, but certainly uh, contributed. Absolutely, man. I, I tell you, I, uh, as a coach, I love those guys because it's, it's hard. It's easier to come out and be when you're a starter, you're getting your hand raised, you know, having success. It's easier to come into the room and, you know, day in and day out. But when you don't get that opportunity because you're not on varsity, well, you know, it's, it's tougher. And, and so those role players are so valuable to a program. And, uh, you know, he's, I mean, I, I think he filled in, didn't he, early on when Cassiope was coming from the Worlds and, and, uh, and Russell would meet or two early on there, certainly tournaments, but, but, uh, you know, yeah. And, and those are the kind of guys you, you can't appreciate enough. A lot of big things coming up and, uh, coach, let's close things out. All right. To our friend, let's keep Russell on the move. Thanks for watching everybody.